0: All right. Today we are here with Ryan Wildey, and Ryan is the uh, host of the cryptocurrency trading premium service at Elliott Wave Trader. He is our Elliott Wave expert. Ryan has over two decades of experience trading equities, futures, and options. He was introduced to cryptocurrency in 2013 by a programmer friend and began mining and trading shortly thereafter. Though he read, though he read. Uh, Pre- Prector's Elliott Wave principle in the early 2000s, he didn't make practical use of the theory until joining Elliott Wave Trader in 2015. He has used the theory to call many of most important turns in Bitcoin and other cryptos since 2017. Uh, Ryan has developed many quant- quantitative systems for trading. He's going to talk to, uh, to us a little bit about that today for crypto, which he's deployed in the service to the benefit of subscribers. He's a popular speaker at financial forums and conferences throughout the U.S., including the Traders Expo, The Money Show, and the widely syndicated sites, including MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, um, Nasdaq.com. And I think you've got a partnership with Seeking Alpha now. He's the author of 2 eBooks: The Risks and Reward of Cryptocurrencies and the Ten Rules to be a Successful Crypto Trader. You can find Ryan on ElliottWaveTrader.com or .net, ElliottWaveTrader.net. And I will put that link in the um, uh, description uh, of the video. I'm going to turn it over to you, Ryan, so you can tell us a little bit more about Elliott Wave Trader and what you do, and then we'll get into it.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just say, too, if you guys want to just check out my work, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at rwilday. That's where you found me, right? Um, yes. Or at least you first, first started talking. I, I, I a fun little uh, series I've started on Sundays called Sunday Setup. So I, I tag it Sunday Setup so you can actually use that. And I, I find a chart that I like. Uh, actually, this last Monday I did Bitcoin. But I'll do all coins too. Um, I'm definitely focused on trading Bitcoin mostly, but I will pop in some altcoins coins as we go. Um, yeah, so I've been doing it for years. I think, um, uh, and you know, on top of that, on top of Elliott Wave Trader, we got Seeking Alpha. It's called Crypto Waves, basically sister service. And we're after launching two months, my colleague and I, Jason, have brought it to top ten. I think we're at or top twelve. We're at least below the top fifteen. So doing very well in that service. So with that, I'll just um, I'll jump into the market and then. Um, Yep. One of the things, we'll uh, so
0: ElliottWaveTrader.net. So a lot of people in the space know Lynn Alden. Lynn is one of the analysts uh-huh. uh, with you in the firm. So um, a very serious, credible firm when it comes to cryptocurrencies.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, um, I mean, Avi, Avi Gilbert, who founded the site, is also, I mean, amazing analyst on the S&P 500. And that's really how I ended up. I ended up as a member first. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I just, I was watching this guy, Avi, right on, on MarketWatch and going, how is was he making these calls? So I joined as a member and we teach all the members, whoever wants to learn the technique, uh, can learn the technique. And I, I, you know, I had been aware of the theory, but didn't use it in trading so accurately. And, um, by joining the site, I started the process of really learning from the crew. And then at some point I started posting on crypto as a member. And then eventually Avi asked me to start a service. I, I, had a, I had a, although I've traded for a long time, I was doing my, my normal work in tech and design. I was, my last job was at Samsung Electronics. And so uh, and so I was pulled out of that life uh, to become a trader full-time as well as analyst full-time uh, because of, and it was during 2017 when cryptos were taking off. And so we've had the service through the, the, the bull market. We, we called the top, it was, uh, and uh, at some point in time during, I think it was February, 2018, I said, uh, Bitcoin should rest or find support. I wasn't saying it would necessarily go there, but Bitcoin should find support in the 3000 level. And so we know in December, 2018, we on my charts, it's like 33,125. Uh, so, uh, basically $125 over support, which is like, that's like an aircraft carrier, you know, jets coming down finding a little landing spot. So, uh, and so we've been, you know, riding this bull market. And so I, you know, what I want to share while we're here is basically the, the, the roadmap for the bull market where we're at. So, Awesome, have I know to, everybody but,
0: wants to hear it and uh, you're gonna tell us exactly where we're going and when we're gonna get there, right?
1: Yeah, 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 best I can. There's always adjustments, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I'll share that screen and then uh, we can continue to talk, talk through it. And then yeah, I know we also apply a lot of quantitative, or yeah, quantitative signals to, to this that kind of assist as we go. Uh, those are different things I've developed. You see this okay? Yeah. Cool. All right, and, and you know, it, it, for, for my subscribers, they know this chart was a, incredibly stable. Uh, I, I think the only time it's really been adjusted is there's some extensions we found uh, in, the, um, in the middle of the third wave, and that's often Elliott wave. I'll back up on the Elliott wave theory, but that's often where we see extensions. Um, the Elliott wave theory is basically suggests that the market moves in kind of rolls of sentiment, and those sentiment, um, those waves of sentiment in human nature actually have a mathematical relationship one to the other. Uh, so a lot of people consider it voodoo magic. I mean, they—I they, mean, until they see it in action, it's really hard to believe this concept. But uh, but we do believe that the market has a mathematical structure. By no means do I want to treat it so much like a prediction methodology because it does it does does it does require adjustments at times. So it's not like even though my count here, we call it the count, has been extremely stable for uh, months on end now. With, with, again, with some extension back, uh, I think it was uh, early March, I indicated that we were extending. Uh, but since then, it's been, in, been completely stable. And uh, I basically draw uh, support areas where I expect the market to hold in, in blue. And then in tar- I have target areas in yellow. That's basically the way I indicate my subscribers, whether it's a micro or it's a, a long swing chart or it's a weekly chart. doesn't matter. I kind of use that nomenclature or those, those colors. And this blue box, uh, which resides between 29 and and 24K, was there before we got there. And I wasn't suggesting that it was a target, but I was suggesting that uh, should the market come down, uh, and I forget exactly where the levels of support I had previously, but it was like 47K, should we break that level? Then we open up the door to uh, 29K to 24K. That's exactly what happened. So... Uh, so, Elliott Wave, you basically use the, the five wave pattern of Elliott Wave theory. It's uh, part of the structure that we see in all markets that trends move in five waves. Um, we use the relationships of those waves one to another to establish where support and resistance is. And it can be incredibly useful. I mean, it, I, I don't use it for all of my trading, but it's sort of the roadmap view, uh, whether it be a roadmap for a swing trade on a smaller timeframe or it's a roadmap for navigating the entire bullish cycle. So. To try, to try to figure out where to, where, where, you know, where should we take profit? Well, we're going to be taking profit up in the yellow area, which is right now 88K to 114. Um, if we were to break 24K here, if we were to turn back around, then I would have us in this larger fourth wave, which can drop down to 20. So it's basically just navigating based on those pivot levels that are formed by the mathematic relationships of the wave okay. patterns, so.
0: And you sent me this chart earlier, so if it's okay with you, I'll put that into a uh, Google doc and share the link so people can look at this and follow along as you're discussing and describing all of the points.
1: Is thats that, is that yeah. all right with you? Yep, yeah, sounds, yes, no worries. Awesome. Um, so you can see on this chart, actually, do you have a fourth and fifth for one more low. I think that that, um, but I, but on the website, I've I've said to subscribers, you know, if we push over 41, 400, we are not likely to see that other that last low. And so we're pushing up against that right now. And so um, uh, on a smaller time frame, uh, and I'll go to the other chart, smaller time frame. Um, let me see if I can. I guess I can't. So really our last up, low of but,
0: thirty plus, you know, 30,000 ish. So you're saying yeah. if we go over 41.4, one four, we're not likely to revisit 30 ish.
1: Yeah, we're not likely. I mean, actually, to be honest, if we re- revisit 30 K, we probably very likely dip to 24 K because 30 K was a pivot. Uh, the, in LA wave theory, we would need a fifth wave if we were to drop lower. That fifth wave should carry us down to 24 K. So, um, but, I, but I see it as very likely right now based on today's action. I mean, even in, uh, you know, we do Elliott wave theory on a micro level, even just this little cluster right under resistance says to me that we're building for a break of resistance right here. So uh, I don't, you can see, if you can see right here, one, two, three, this is the fourth wave and we should have a fifth wave. Uh, generally, in just the orthodox view, we should have a fifth wave over that 42. And I can mark that up so everyone kind of sees it. Um, the, the, the challenge with this, uh, structurally speaking, is there's a wave down here that's also five waves. So we have what may be called an ABC, um, but, why, but I believe what's forming is a, a basically a long leading diagonal, which is, a, I won't go into leading diagonals, but it projects up to in the 50K region. So this is just the, one of the legs of that leading diagonal, but um, we're very close, you know, as long as we hold, uh, I don't have the level offhand. sorry, but as long as we hold in this region, we should, get a fifth way push up to it looks like around 42k might be as low as 41 700 and that would be effectively over resistance um we will get a we should get a pullback after that but that should be the last pullback before we break over that level decisively
0: yeah so as we speak we're bouncing between that 39.5 and 41.3 is kind of where we're at and at the moment we're at 39.9 so it's kind of back and forth yeah. between that range not quite getting over 41.3 yet
1: not yet. Yeah. But I, but I look at the, I look at the, just the basic price action uh, in micro. And I mean like looking at a, a 15 minute chart and it looks like to me, it's pretty well given that we will, I might be mm-hmm. wrong. Of course. Um, if we break back below this two right here, uh, actually I will give you another, this is all based on fibs and I'll give you a tighter level of support. Um, if we break back below 36.082, then I think that's actually the first warning that we're heading back down to 24 K. So I, I, I believe that 24 K is, is off the map, but it's not a given yet. We're still fighting that resistance level. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and not only once we break 42, uh, sorry, 41, we we've got to get some, some serious movement uh, from here on up to the fifties area. Um, right. But I, but over, over 51, we're, we're at least got the first sign that we're in the clear. So you
0: think we're off um, the I mean, races think, there, or do you feel like maybe
1: that could be a trap? Uh, no, I know I, I think once once we're well, I think once we're in the 50s, we fill in basically a third wave off of this, and we'll have a higher higher level of support. So uh, but like I but like I said, the reason 41.4 is so important, it's basically um, when we go back to the other chart, let me find it again. Um, when we go back to the other chart, it's basically resistance for this fourth wave I've got here. Let me see if I can get us in. So I have a little fourth wave right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 41.4 is resistance for that. So it doesn't become a very valid fourth wave if we're over that from a, from a, from a Fibonacci perspective. And just getting again, but getting to the mathematics of one wave to another, uh, as I was saying earlier, it really, that force really should be under 41.400. So that's where, I, that's where I assume we're breaking out. There are other patterns where we can fail from and, and whatnot, but we have a very complex correction. Uh, from an LA perspective, we've got a, an A, we've got what's called a high B. The high B was a false breakout. You know, we had a little nominal new high, but it wasn't part of the, the impulse, the third top tier. And then we've got this big long C wave. That's a pretty full kind of correction. And if we can't get that that solid fifth wave, uh, lower fifth wave, then I have to consider the fifth wave being one of the more minor waves that already completed. And that's it, that's basically where 41400 came into play. So uh, because, again, it's too high, it's really too high for a valid fourth wave, at least reliably. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, market surprise. I mean, we can sometimes be wrong, uh, but it's a pretty reliable resistance level for fourth wave.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. So, primarily before 2016, 2017, this was retail driven, Bitcoin specifically. A few professionals, a few institutions, but not until really this past year to 18 months did we see a lot of institutional activity. Has that changed anything in charting Bitcoin since you've seen more institutional uh,
1: professional traders entering the game? Well, I don't, I don't base anything off news or what's happening in, in terms of secondary information or externalities, as I say. I'm looking directly at price action. i mean, very pure in that regard. However, I will say, I will say just from looking at price action, As a lot of the heat, you know, again, I talked about the third wave extension in this area. This third wave was extended higher than normal already. So you could say that that may have been led by institutions. I I don't I don't tend to actually worry about it. Uh, I I can see their action in terms of they've been accumulating in this area. It's very clear if you look at all of the on-chain analytics, uh, some of the analysts are out there that, again, it's not my area, but they're looking at it. I can see it in the tape. I can see the accumulation happening, tape meaning price action. So it's really clear. But where I think that we really change, so to speak, again, I, I will. I have a hard time attributing it to anything. It's just simply we have extension in this third wave. It's, it's really higher than a normal third wave extension. And that's actually fairly common in crypto. Crypto have extended third waves all the time, not just on a big scale like this, but I see it in five-minute charts sometimes. I mean, they just blow, They just have a tendency once they go volatile to just, you know, overperform, uh, and 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 that's one thing that's important about Elliott Wave is we're always trading for the third wave, uh, even even when when we're trading in this fifth wave here, we're looking for a third wave to form of this fifth up here. So it's fractal in nature. We were aggressive in this third wave. Well, another third wave, a little mini third wave will form. Uh, I say mini, but it'll get us like twenty grand. In in this uh, in this minor fifth wave, so um, and that's where we see the extensions. I mean, in crypto, uh, little altcoins, shitcoins, if you want, if you like the term, they show that same behavior where they have this extension in the third wave. So
0: yeah, it's interesting, and that's kind of what I was getting at and meant by that question was the price action of the retail trader versus now with more institutional professional traders in the game the you know, I was just curious if you've seen a difference in the price action, because I know that that involvement is distinctly different in the last 18 months versus the prior 36 to 48.
1: Yeah, I think that I think what's different to me is sentiment. I mean, I, I think that the retail trader is always fatigued. Um, I, uh, they are very sensitive to FUD. I mean, right now they're very FUD being fear, fear, what is it? Fear, and loathing, or something like that. Fear, but, uncertainty, you know, and doubt. And yeah, I also scary. call it
0: fear, understanding, and doubt because people are afraid of what they don't understand,
1: right? So yeah, there, there you go. I used to use it all the time. But anyway, they, they, um, I'm, you know, when in 2018, uh, retailers like they hung on to their crap coins all the way through 2018, and a lot of the old crypto traders, honestly, if they were, if they're not very good traders, they were, they're basically financially debilitated unless they had a great job to able to and were able to build up capital again. So I, I really, a lot of the 2017 crypto traders aren't even here. Just, you know, some of the big ones, obviously the people that survive, the people that have more skill. And so uh, I think in some regards, it really is institutions that are driving participation. We also have, we also have, of course, uh, active futures markets in the US. Uh, I trade I trade the CME micro futures. I don't get involved in the big contract, but 0.1 micro futures. I use that contract also in my brokerage accounts. So we have a very active, not just uh, not just um, crypto on crypto exchanges, but we also have an ap- active OTC trade uh, with OTC firms that are pulling from the retail exchanges, but doing so with algos for their big clients. We have the the paper hedging markets with the CME futures. So we have a really active market with not just the spot, but also the derivatives. And I think it's just making a more healthy market. The problem again, is we see the same behavior in retailers where, I mean, I, I can't tell you how bearish people still seem in this market right now, as it's forming a very beautiful bottom. Whether whether that that bottom is in already, or we take one more low, uh, I, I see so much bearishness. Uh, we were talking about options earlier. I mean, the skew and the put, put side of the options uh, the options uh, open interest is is bearish. You know, There's still and a lot so of shorts still... out
0: there. I think everybody's looking for a trap, but it's really interesting. I see a lot more bullish people and overly bullish a lot of times than I do bearish. It's really interesting, but I guess it depends on where you know where you're getting that from, and even on the institutional level uh, between the banks, Goldman and J.P. Morgan, and on any given day they might be bullish, they might be bearish, and it's really interesting and fascinating to see the human behavior and psychology, of the markets and how it's playing out. And some of that stuff is FUD driven, you know, because obviously markets are manipulated. They always have been, and they manipulate it with news, with sentiment, they manipulate it with price action, uh, things like that. So it's, it's been a very interesting last month and, you know, more particularly the last three months and to look at where we've come from in the last year uh, to where we are now and, and what's going on. And like you said, we could very well just be putting in a bottom here and, Uh, and moving onward and upward from here. Um, And, you know, nobody really knows. That's the thing. Everybody's looking for a trap. And then, you know, there's the other side of the coin where everybody's looking for 200K by the end of the year.
1: Yeah. I get, I get an interesting, I get an interesting view as a, as a, um, basically, it's basically a trade service because I'll, I may hang, you know, I'm on sometimes late on the boards, but if I hang up and I go spend time with my family, and I wake up in the morning, whoever was, whoever members were posting overnight is often a pretty good window into sentiment. So, I mean, honestly, like when we were about 3000 lower from here, I would wake up in the morning, check out who's been posting all night. And I just saw FUD, FUD and FUD uh, from my members, <laughs> my paying subscribers. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can, I can be as bullish as I want and they may or may not believe me. Uh, Long term, they tend to follow me. I mean, some of these people have been with me for four years now. For the you know, in t- when we first started uh, back in August 2017, there's some of those people know a little bit better. But some of the new folks that haven't seen uh, a lot of the wave counts, you know, pan out, work out. Uh, they they might be posting fud online, and you know, some of them are while well, others are accumulating. And I and I saw a lot of negative posts over the last last couple of weeks. And you know, now now my subscribers are waking up. It's a little different because when they start to see my milestones start getting hit well then they kind of wake up to bullishness you know like right now we're beating up against 41400 well the board wasn't very bearish today you know because we are we have a market that's trying to overcome a key level so you know it, it comes and it goes but i honestly for my subscribers base i saw a ton of kind of unneeded fud you know i, I don't want to make fun of any particulars but uh i i, I certainly saw a lot of bears
0: <laughs> so are these professionals
1: mostly or individuals? They're they all over the map, to be honest. And, and most of the people that probably actively host our are, are trade are retailers. Um, but I do have, uh, I, you know, what happens is the professionals often are more discreet. So I've been to our members dinners and a hedge fund guy comes up to me and says, hey, I'm following you on Bitcoin. You know, or, or I once got a DM on the site that was from a crypto CEO. He had one of the big projects. Uh, actually is a member of my site. But so they, those guys tend to be very discreet. They, they don't necessarily tell me who they are or they, don't, they certainly don't post to all the members. But a lot of the active posters are either uh, retailers interested in crypto trading, but some of them actually have, uh, through my service, turned the corner from doing a work a day job to trading for a living. So we, you ha- we have people in transition as well. So it, it, it awesome. runs the gamut. Yeah, it really yeah, runs the I think the it's
0: 50-50 right now. And if you look at the shorts, um, you know, the longs and in the in the shorts, you'll see probably about that breakdown when you look at the charts or the puts and the calls. And yeah. um, so whoever's watching, for everybody that's watching, we have people watching from all over the world. It's really cool uh, where cool. you know how it's distributed. So for everybody watching, post in the comments whether you are bullish or bearish. And we'll do our own little yeah. poll. I know this video will probably get about 10,000 views. So... It'll be interesting to see how that breaks down. But what I've seen most of the polls lately is that it's sixty forty, depending on the movement of the market. So if it's down sixty yeah. percent bear, if it's up sixty yeah. percent bull. So it's really interesting yeah. how that um, affects sentiment at the at the highest levels, professionals or retail. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So could you I mean, take another us- another
1: data? Go ahead. As I was gonna say, another data set is the Bitmex. I I, I didn't look mm-hmm. at it recently, but I another. Analysts said the BitMEX funding rate on futures has been upside down, meaning uh, shorts are paying longs. And that's a that's a sign that doesn't happen very often. And that's a strong sign that the market is overly bearish. So yeah, there's a very lot weird.
0: Of and the market's oversold. So it's it's kind of a it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So take us through the points real quick and then maybe we'll talk about your uh, quantitative um, analysis.
1: Yeah. Sorry, So it's sorry to take it, take you through the points here or. Do you want to Yeah, go more just micro? in general, how
0: you've got it all laid out going back to you've got the okay. March, um, you know, sell off and then all the way through what these points represent. I don't know anything about Elliott Wave and some of the people watching may not know. So if you could start us back in yeah. March and we'll go from there.
1: So if we let's let me see if I can zoom out now. Yeah. So it would be I mean, again, um, the, the start of this wave one was 2018 low. So December two thousand eighteen was like three one two five at least on this bit. This is a BitMEX chart. Sorry, this okay. is a global global average chart. So it was in that zone, and so we had uh, the two thousand nineteen rally uh, into uh, as thirteen four hundred. In fact, I uh, and I'm gonna brag a little bit, but on Seeking Alpha, I wrote an article that I'm looking for a top at like thirteen four hundred, and I think we stretched to like maybe thirteen nine. So it was a pretty good call. Uh, then we had a long, I mean nine nine month wave two. And then really a slow build into this third wave. And again, third wave is where we extend. So my view, as long as we hold over 24K, is that we still need the fifth wave of this third. Uh, The only fly in the ointment to that point of view is that that Ether has jumped degrees. So Ether is basically in this fourth wave already uh, confirmed. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different. Uh, And it may be that um, because Bitcoin often has shallow fourth waves that it doesn't need to break 24 to be in this wave, but this is my primary view, that we still need to get a, a wave up to 88K is, is the sort of lower end of the region. Uh, higher end could be 114K. It's a big region, uh, but that just speaks to how in log, the fibs kind of open up in these big long-term charts. So it, it um, how do I deal with a range like that of 88K to 114? Well, the micro the micro will, start to tighten up that range, by the way, it, it basically will put in its fractals and then I'll be able to tighten up that range in terms of expectation between 88 and 114, but it's too early to do that now. So that would be the top of the third wave. Uh, if you look on this chart with um, the one two being nine months, it's quite often that the fourth wave that, that is in the same degree, which you can see it by the number, the, the number type, this fourth is the same degree as this wave two. That fourth wave is often often as long as uh, as the wave two. So don't be get don't be surprised by a nine month wave four, or maybe just a six month wave four. It could even stretch to a year, where we're literally going sideways. Uh, it can go sideways with, within a big range. So we can be able to see a big up and down, uh, depending depending on how the wave four forms uh, between the top of this uh, you know in the say eighty eight region, eighty eight K region down to this fourth, which would be depending on where the ch- I'm using a channel, uh, as a first support level. So it could drop down as low as 20 might, might actually hold above 30 based on, because we've dropped there, but I believe it'll stretch in time. I think it'll wear people out. Wave fours often wave wear people out. Wave twos often scare people and make them think that they're going lower than the beginning of the bull market. So when we had this wave two in March, people thought we'd be dropping to 1,000. I even thought it was possible uh, until we started going reverse the other way. Uh, it was possible that that was going to break down, but it held. And so wave that's the job of the wave two, we say. The job of the wave wave four is to wear people out. So we'll see that in terms of sentiment quality. Uh, it'll be very different from the wave two. And then eventually we'll have uh, this wave five, which uh, to, in my point of view should be at least 150K. Um, it may reach up into 200K. It depends on depends on how it develops. But uh, I would expect after that five wave, we have an extended bear market and much longer than the one 2018, just larger degree. And I don't have a weekly chart here in this computer, but uh, it, it would be a multi-year bear market potentially. Where I don't do think anybody's point.
0: Where do you anticipate wave four and five time frame?
1: Uh, it, 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 in, in LA wave, timeframes are difficult. So I'm just using channels to try to estimate uh, I expect the right now I expect us to see wave five in the latter part of two thousand and twenty two. so we'll we'll start a bear market sometime late next year. Mm-hmm. But we've got a lot, of, I mean, we've got a huge amount of trading to do. I mean, especially when we can get a low fourth in like the thirty k. We've got a five x run just in Bitcoin uh, coming in 2022 um, by my expectation, and you can imagine what altcoins are doing during that time. So we'll get some some crazy altcoins. you know, I'm not a big fan of altcoins, but I do. Buy little bits to kind of juice up my Bitcoin, Bitcoin holdings with them, you know, trade them out into Bitcoin.
0: And see, I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated and confused is they with cryptocurrencies, big moves happen fast a lot of times. And I think a lot of people, especially given the last year, how far we've come so fast, are expecting to get back there and beyond very quickly. Whereas this could very well take, like you said, a good year to 18 months to reach that peak before we start heading down again.
1: Yeah. And time time slows down after the third wave. Like we've we've basically either are finishing or have finished the third wave. Time slows down after that. Uh, Gains are harder to get. The market gets more choppy. So the fourth and fifth and Elliott wave is a lot harder to trade than third wave. But the the paradox is, is so many people miss the third waves. So the, like the big focus of Elliott Wave trading is to catch the third wave. Uh, the wave two tends to shake everyone out. They think the bear market's back. They don't get on board the third wave. Uh, and then in fact, I even struggled with it after this too. It was probably the only wave two I've seen a long time I struggled with just because it was unorthodox bottom. I mean, it really almost needed another wave on the bottom. So I caught this way a little bit late, but you know, we've written it up uh, since. And, and that's where, you know, once the third wave is complete, it gets harder. It definitely gets harder. Uh, so, you know, hopefully people can hang in there during during this fourth wave. These, these Yeah, sort well, of, I think I you the have, force, the, force
0: you of have the, the group that they're just holding their long-term, they're never going to sell. Um, I talked to a friend of mine the other day. He looks at it as insurance and he said, I'm just, yeah. I bought it, it's insurance. I'm never going to touch it until I cash my insurance policy. And so he's looking at it yeah. as a premium. And I asked him, I said, well, what if it's worth $5,000 when you go to cash it in? He said, well, it's insurance. It is what it is. So he's not really worried about it, which is an interesting perspective. The other side of the coin is you have your traders that are in and out, and like you said, huge range to really cash in if you know what you're doing and make a lot of money with the movement in the area that we're in now. I mean, that's 30 to 40,000, that's huge liquidity zone. And then you have your institutional investors where I think a lot of people, um, like somebody asked the question the other day, said, why would an institutional investor want to buy high to drive the price low? And when you think about the time frame, if they have a two-year horizon, well, they can they can invest as much as they need to to reach that five x return a year or, or two years from now.
1: Yeah, well, it's, and you know, institutions have a different game that that's open to them, and retailers can use it too. But it's not uh, it's not necessarily used that much. I use it a little, but uh, institutions can hold their crypto, their Bitcoin, in you know, a cold wallet in custody, and then take a loan on those assets. And use those that loan to, to fund hedging with um, paper futures and that's quite often i mean because you know an institution moving big crypto out of cold wallets that's kind of dangerous security wise so you know those guys will will take loans on that asset and 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 hedge it with futures when they feel they need to so it and that's is, what's it's, fooling
0: it's, a lot of people uh because there's a narrative out there that that uh, the bitcoin that are taken off and put in cold storage are long-term hodlers that aren't trading and, um, yeah. you know, or, or that will never sell. And that's just not what's happening.
1: Yeah, not necessarily anyway. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how, how you know, how that works. And, and when you're looking at all the different avenues and technicals, are there any other indicators you use? Or are you just
1: strictly Elliott Wave and that, that's that's the only system you use? Um, I, I have a huge respect for the, the, the on-chain analytics. I mean, Willy Woo is, a, is one of those. Um, to a certain degree, Lynn. I mean, Lynn is maybe not a... On-chain expert, but she uses that in her work. So I certainly read Lynn's articles when she posts them on her site. Uh, um, you know, I respect those guys. Like I don't, I you know, I have such a trader's muscle. Like I'm just, I'm so used to what I've been doing for for so many years now, and I, I do adapt. I mean, like quantitative signals was a very recent, very recent um, adaptation. But you know, I, I'm just used to my game plan, and so I like watching what they do. I do like when I see a support level. The market came down to it, and I like when they say, "Hey, we got institutional accumulation in this area. There's more Bitcoin coming off exchanges. That's reassuring to me when I'm taking this gutsy. Uh, I've been I, again. I was accumulating in this in this blue box, so it, it certainly is comforting that you know I, I got something going on. But um, but no, I mean in the end of the day, I'm just a price action guy. Like you know, if I if I had you know if if I was put on a desert island and I didn't have any of my on-chain analytics folks hosting, I would be, I would be okay. <laughs> I'd be fine. I would, I'm just used to it. Yeah. So are you, are you, um, date trading or what is your, uh, strategy? I, I actually do everything. I have, I have a certain, it's, it's almost like a bell curve. I've got kind of on, I got, you know, if you imagine a bell curve, one end, I got my hodl position and a mo and most of that, that money is either in a cold wallet or is in, um, you know, some of these interest bearing accounts like Nexo and BlockFi and I use everything and, uh, you know, in terms of accounts. And then, um, and then I've got kind of what I call swing position. And these are, these are, these are like, these are making these big moves. You know, I'm trying to catch as much of this big move as possible. And then I have scalping money. Um, so like, you know, I'll literally, I'll really literally take like a, a, a one hour trade on Bitcoin. Um, and, and, uh, in the, in the swing trade, in the swing trade part, I would throw in some alts cause I, I find some good alt setups and, I will um, swing trade them, but I don't scalp them. You know, I'll do quick little scalps in Bitcoin. I do, I, you know, today I did a quick little scalp, like literally, I think, I, I don't have my chart up, but I think it was literally, I scalped like maybe a hundred bucks in Bitcoin micro futures on the on the Chicago mercantile, you know, just a quick little trade. And, and it was a good one. I mean, little, quick little short today. Uh, so I'll do those things too as well. So I, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but I, I do think it's important for most people to have some kind of hodl or, you know, at least swing, multi-week swing, if they're trying to move in and out all the time. I blow it too. I mean, I blow it too in, tra- in short-term trading at times, and I check my performance, and if I'm blowing it too much, I'll stop for a while. So it's really important as a trader that you that you kind of measure yourself and then and then adjust, you know, or take a break, stand back if um, those quick trades are not going very well. So I'll have to, at, at times, it happens. Um, Do you keep you know, a journal so I'll, I'll, I'll...
0: and document your rules for your, your own rules and
1: principles you've developed I, I, over the years? I, I, I'm more, yeah, I do. I, lo- I do a little bit of that. I've got, um, you know, quantitative signals for scalping mostly. So I'll, you know, I'll, you know, if I've got, um, you know, uh, so if I have uh, a quantitative signal that say is profitable 50, 60% of the time, and that sounds low, but honestly, the way a lot of the trades are, you know, for every one unit you lose, it's three units you gain, right? So uh, a 50% to 60% win rate is very good. So if I'm, if I'm running like you know, a week, you know, if I'm running a day where I took like three scalps and I lose three out of three, I'm done for the day. Like it, it's not, it, it doesn't work anymore. You know, you're, you're, you're standing on the, on the bad end of statistics when that happens. So I'll take a step back. Uh, and then I'll ask myself, you know, any of those trades I, did I, did I veer from the system? Did I front run the signal? Anything like that. So I, I will, you know, be harsh on myself and I, and I, you know, you do it, you're, you're doing it long-term. Uh, you, you get used to doing that at the same time. My What I'm risking on scalping is really not, is nothing compared to my my crypto worth. You know, my scalping is a small portion of what I'm doing with my accounts. So Keeps if I was on. to blow it, what's that? Keeps the lights
0: on and pays for the software. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it pays a little extra bills if, it, if it's successful and if not, it's just not too painful. So, um, you know, I've regulated myself really well and I've traded on leverage and use futures and all that stuff, but, Never risking really more than more than I can handle. Way, way, way far away from that. Yeah. So. Awesome.
0: Well, let's um, let's wrap it up here and, and summarize it. I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking some time out today to share. Yep. And like I told everybody, I'm going to post this um, link for the chart so you can download it. And uh, make sure you put in the comments um, whether you are bull or bear, so we can take a little poll here. And um, so let's summarize real quick where we are now in wave three, what we're looking at in terms of values and timeframes. And then we know the 200s by the end of 2022 is where we're headed and possibly a long term bear market after that.
1: Uh, So, I mean, again, the question is, do we hold here at that that 30K drop? Uh, My take on current action is that it's likely. Should we break down below? I think we had it at 35 or 36. We break down below that. We will take another trip down to 24K, but again, not my expectation today. That may change. Um, The target for this uh, third wave to finish it up is 88K to 114. Uh, Then brace yourself because we should get this long wave four into the latter part of the year in early 2022. Uh, There will be some good trades within it, um, but it's going to be a shake fest on a a macro level. So it's going to be very difficult for a lot of people. At least that's my take right now. It may change, but again, wave fours are meant to exhaust people. Um, uh i mean we even saw a little bit of exhaustion in this little wave four that we um that we just got through or likely just got through and then you know after this bigger wave four uh, again maybe as low as 20k may, may be 20k to 30k uh it often holds the previous wave four so if we hold 30k here that may be all we see in this wave four coming up uh, and the then end of this year going into early 2022. Yeah, exactly. So, so from you know, it could be I've got it on January, but honestly, it may be a little bit longer into early 2022. And once that bottoms, we should take off to again 150 is the minimum. It can reach 200K. Uh, I think some of the on-chain analysts, like Willie, we were looking for 200K. So maybe that maybe that works together. I don't know. Um, But yeah, and then then brace yourself for a bigger bear market.
0: Awesome. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you taking, uh, taking time out today and sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. You've been very gracious and we would uh, love to have you back again here in a few weeks and see where we're at.
1: Sure thing, thank you.